What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. I am Mike Fenn. I am joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am quite excellent. How are you doing, Mike? I'm fucking great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last night's Dynamite was amazing. Oh, it was so good. One of the best ones I've seen in a while. There's just like a whole energy to the show that just didn't let up. It was awesome. The it crowd was, was great. It was just the whole thing was great. Yeah, there's a, there was a feeling to the early Dynamites where mm-hmm. even if the Dynamites weren't good, it was still really fun to watch just because of that crowd. There's something unique about the AEW crowd. It's a different feeling from any other wrestling promotion I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's a unique feeling to any company's crowd. The yeah. AW has a specific feel that's different from WWE, that's different from WCW. Mm-hmm. ECW definitely had their own vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they were more uh, vicious and unforgiving if you messed up your moves and stuff in ECW, but that's what made it them. I feel like uh, AEW is closest to ECW, though. Yeah. I was going to say the AEW crowd reminds me of like if a PWG crowd was expanded to like an arena size because PWG, you know, it's small, but they're, yeah. they're crazy whenever you watch a PWG show. And that's kind of what AEW reminds me of, but it's a much larger mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got, uh, it was reported the numbers from last night's show came in. They came in over a million, mm-hmm. which is great because yeah. they went up significantly. Yeah. From... And the NBA finals were yeah. on too. The NBA Finals was on last night, which is, that's a big, that's a very big deal. (laughs) And generally, um, the NBA Finals has cannibalized the the ratings for Dynamite. And even the NHL Finals (laughs) um, did a number on Dynamite last week. I don't know if there was something else that was on. Um whether there is an MTV show or what, because sometimes those end yeah, up like hurting the, Dynamite. The Challenge or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. The Challenge bizarrely hurts Dynamite. I don't know why. I did watch The Challenge when I was in college. so I, was I, say, underst- I remember watching it <laughs> like 10 years ago or something. I was shocked to see that it's still on. I know guys' grocery games too. Charles is, usually it draws a big number. Weird. Yeah. yeah guy theory so- can't be stopped. I understand the appeal of the challenge because I did watch it. Mm-hmm. It is once you start watching, you kind of can't stop. So I get it. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a significant number. And with the show that they had last night was amazing. Like one yeah. of the best they've ever had. So for people for that to get one of their highest ratings, that means that more people got eyes on it, which means that more people are likely to stick around. But it also, you and I were talking that. Moxley and Darby are fucking draws. Yeah, and they 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 were smart. They started in into the show with them, so like that's that's what you want to do. They bookended it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, again, the the lowest rating of the night was the women's match, which fuck people, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you that's, can't. That's unfortunate, especially. I with mean, Yuka Sakazaki on there. It's their first match back. It's it's tough because. They still aren't really giving them storylines. So mm-hmm. if you don't give people storylines, they're not invested. And 
that was probably where they some people switched to the NBA game for a bit. Mm-hmm. So it was like, where are these viewers going? <laughs> That's yeah. what I always want. I don't channel flip anymore. I used to when I would watch all the sports all at once. Yeah. And I would flip between sports. I generally I don't do that shit anymore, especially with a, especially with other shows being all uh, on demand. Like, why would I skip when I can just yeah. watch it all the way through and then watch the next thing afterwards i have youtube tv on my playstation so like you can't really channel flip like it just pulls up a grid with all the channels Mm -hmm. so you can't even really see what anything else is doing so i just kind of leave it whatever i'm watching plus they do the the picture and picture so you can't really even though most of the time even with the picture and picture when it goes commercial i still check my phone yeah it's it's like a passive in response yeah last night's uh numbers are we're crazy, um, but not crazy. It makes sense. It's funny. People say like, "Oh, like, AW won't continue to do one million. They're averaging one million on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, it'll go one million for like a couple weeks and then down for a couple weeks. But that's just normal TV view. But their their average on Wednesday, unopposed, has been one million. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why anyone would expect otherwise. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to this dynamite. Um, the first match started off so hot. Um, I had thought they were going to lead off with um, Cage versus Starks, but they did not. They led with Mox versus Anderson. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> especially with the rating now. Yeah, that's, that's smart. Which uh, I wonder if next week they'll do the same thing when we get to the matches for next week. They should. They tend to, actually. Mm-hmm. They tend to do the... Like, Hangman had the opening match for almost, like, three, four weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Not three, four weeks in a row, but every single one of his matches would open the show because he would get the biggest pop. Yeah. And he did so again last week, I believe. Yes. Yeah, so... Mox comes out accompanied by Eddie... He's got wild thing going. The crowd's going absolutely nuts. He's running up and down the the stairs of the of the arena, which it was nice to see them in an actual arena again. Mm-hmm. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Like last week looked like old school WCW. Yeah. Like you know when they were in those like smaller buildings. Yeah. And you could see the lighting structures and this and that. Mm-hmm. You could tell that it was in a much smaller building than this week, which was it was nice. It looked really good. The crowd was white hot. They were singing along. They were going crazy. Um, G1 Machine Gun Carl Anderson showed up. Yeah. Um, which was nice. We haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah, they even mentioned it on commentary, too, about his G1 performances in the past. Um, he really leveled up to meet Moxley in this one, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and these two, they just straight up from the beginning... They say this is a New Japan rules match, and this was a New Japan match. Yeah. Right at the beginning, they just tap on tap on each of their chins, and they're mm-hmm. like, let's go. And they just had an extended elbow exchange. Very yeah. strong style. The crowd was chanting yay and boo with each hit. I love it hit. whenever they, they do that, the yay and the boo, and then they'll keep going, and then the, eventually the crowd just starts cheering all together like they can't contain it anymore. And also the guys get too fast for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like... Yeah. It's just a garbled mess of everyone <laughs> trying to say yay and boo fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, they they brawled out to the ringside, and Mox was choking Anderson with the cable, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that because that again, in true New Japan style, the ref doesn't give a shit. Yeah, as long as it's <laughs> uh, New Japan, it's definitely ref's discretion because you'll see, like sometimes even the ref will count slower in New Japan matches. Like like the ref's supposed to know, like they're normally going to kick out of this move, so I'm going to give them a little bit mm-hmm. more. Like they always say the referees know that the fans want a winner to this mm-hmm. match. Yeah. And if they were to disqualify somebody, the fans would go home unhappy mm-hmm. and AW has completely mimicked that. This is what I always find so funny about people complaining about the rules or about the refs. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, you clearly have not been brought up on new Japan. Yeah. <laughs> You're clearly not a new Japan fan. Cause I'm so used to it at this point. Yeah. And the guys who started this company came up in New Japan. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. And then I like I love the twenty count. I think every company should do the twenty count. I yeah, think it the 20 adds more can... excitement to the outside of the ring stuff. It's a no brainer, really. Mm-hmm. Um well, sort of. It it would kind of elongate some matches, I guess. And we'll see one match specifically use the ten count mm-hmm. later on in the show. So I guess I don't know. I like it. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, yeah, Moxley drew blood on Anderson in this one by biting him, which yeah. I thought was nice. He actually broke the skin and yeah, drew blood. His, his cheek was all bit up. And Anderson got a near fall with a brutal pile driver. Um, I heard online that that was the the Albert driver, or like yeah, a, which is nice. Yeah, him and Albert were in a, a tag team. I forget the name of their tag team a long time. It was before I watched New Japan, but they were in a tag team. So that was probably a callback to that. Yeah, but that looked nuts because he had picked him up and it looked like he was struggling with him. And then he just dropped him really fast. It made it look even more brutal. Well, yeah, because I, I remember the first time I ever saw Albert's uh, that move of his was when mm-hmm. he was Matt Bloom in mm-hmm. New Japan. I was watching like old, I think it was like New Japan Cup finalist mm-hmm. things. And it was him in the final. I was like, Wait, he was in New Japan? That's yeah. so cool. And he was just it looks like a gonzo bomb when he does it. Yeah. Yeah. He He's was like, Yeah, because he was Albert in WWF, WWE, but then when he went to Japan, it was like, whoa, this dude's like seriously good. Like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> uh, what what why is WWE not pushing this dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. Uh, he he is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, th- that got uh, I believe that got a near fall, and then Anderson he hit three different variations of the gun stun yeah. in this match, which um, it's funny that the gun stun it, that's like pr- almost more so than the super kick is one of those neutered um, yeah, especially finisher moves. nowadays like everyone does a variation of the cutter. But yeah, now they're all like flipping cutters and mm-hmm. like Cody cutters. There was one that Anderson did that I liked because Moxley like rolled himself to the rope to make it more mm-hmm. believable why uh, he would have gotten kicked out. Yeah, that was that was the standard gun mm-hmm. stun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there there was one that got a really close near fall. Um, Anderson, he ended up going for a fourth top rope mm-hmm. gun stun, but Moxley caught it and then turned it into a paradigm shift. It was a perfect start to the show. Yeah. I, I love this. Um, Anderson, he he came to play. He yeah. he brought it, and he's not a young man. He's in his forties. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so he, that was you can cool. tell by looking at him though, he's like in the best shape of his career right now. Oh yeah, it's nuts. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. I love this match, and uh, more more New Japan style matches is always a good thing because I love New Japan. So I have a feeling, and we know that they're the the Good Brothers are going to Japan. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Anderson in the G One. Yeah, that would be so cool to see him back there again, and I think he will be. I think we might see both of them in the G One. Actually, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, see both be really Al- cool. Anderson and Gallows. Mm-hmm. That'd, that'd be cool. cool that'd, be, that'd be really cool. I, I did t- uh, also too during this match. Uh, uh, Moxley hit a uh, Rainmaker on. Did he? <laughs> yeah, I he did a Rainmaker. Him. Yeah, he did a. The they called it the short arm clothesline, but it was the Rainmaker. Oh he, yeah, he did the wind up, and I was like, "That's the Rainmaker." So. I, I, every time somebody does a rainmaker, I'm like, I hope Okada shows up. <laughs> Eventually, he will. Eventually, <laughs> he will. They have to. Yeah, um, I know that they're pretty serious in Japan right now with the Olympics starting soon and locking down mm-hmm. everyone. So, also, New Japan has one of the craziest schedules right now as well. They have <laughs> an insane schedule where they have like, th- like within a month, they have like 13 dates. Or something yeah. like that, yeah, which is pretty sh- that's insane. They're gonna burn them out. Hopefully, Naito's not wrestling. I haven't watched in a while. He's the he just won the tag team titles, so yeah, he's still oh, wrestling. Damn. He's in a tag team now, so he can he can rest rest his yeah. knees a little bit. Yeah, which yeah, is a, so another thing I wanted to bring up. Zack Saber <laughs> Jr. just lost the tag titles, and before the pandemic, that's who Mox's next opponent was supposed to be. And I wanted to see that match so bad. So I hope they can get Zack Sabre Jr. over here so they can have their match. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr., I am such a huge fan of his now. Mm-hmm. I did. I wasn't always. Um, I love watching his matches now. But it's funny. I feel like that style doesn't get over with the AW crowd. Yeah. Um, I feel like Sabre he, Jr. gets over it. He could get it going. Well, I think he gets over incredibly, I mean, in the UK, obviously, in, in Japan, they love that technical stuff. Mm-hmm. They love it. But in, like, um, and, and Helico, for example, would get would be over huge in Japan. Mm-hmm. He would be over huge in Japan. But yeah. in, in AEW, he's a jobber. Yeah, that's so true. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I know... Uh... When I went to New Japan, when they were in Dallas a couple of years ago, Zack Sabre Jr. said that uh, doing technical wrestling in front of you American fans is like reading Shakespeare to a dog. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's where it comes from. They just, mm-hmm. they they like different things. Like, the crowd goes dead when somebody does the technical stuff. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if they can't see it. If I don't know what it is. But they yeah. just, uh, they don't pop for it. Um, speaking of Moxley and New Japan, Archer challenges Moxley. Um, <laughs> he said that he uh, beat him back in Japan in a Texas death match um, to get the to get the U.S. title. Like what was it? Like three years ago now? At this point, maybe two longer, maybe four. Two, was it uh, only it's like, two? Yeah, it's two. It was uh, 2020. Uh, actually, I have no idea. <laughs> don't listen to me. I don't remember. It's been a long Goodness, time. It, it seems like a long time now at this point, mm-hmm. but he says he wants to do it again, and he wants it to be a Tex- Texas death match again, and he wants it to be next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's awesome. 
Um, yeah. I would actually, especially with Archer's spot in the company, I would actually love for Archer to get a shock win there. And then I, I would actually love him to take the belt to Japan. Yeah. Because be cool. Archer Archer doesn't really have a spot in AEW right now. Like mm-hmm. he sort of does, but he's like, he's just the guy. He's essentially the jobber to the stars. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Or he'll come out and just like beat up a celebrity type person like last week. So I think like he is somebody that I think could um, benefit the most from the partnership with new Japan, like sending him over there, mm-hmm. um, him having huge matches, getting the pops in the Japanese fans who always loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, defending that title over there for a while, May- and maybe losing it or maybe bringing it back with them again. Who knows? Like, I think yeah. that would, I think that would be cool. Cause Moxley, I'm sure would love to go to Japan, but he can't really um he can't really go to Japan and then quarantine. Yeah. Cuz then, then it's like 3 weeks away from AEW each mm-hmm. time. Like he goes over there, does the match, quarantine and then comes yeah. back and, and then, then he's got quarantine again. Got a new I don't baby know what the quarantining stuff. is. Like. Sure he doesn't want to be away from the new baby for that long and all that. I mean, the quarantining in the states I I guess isn't really happening anymore. Because nah. uh, everyone over here just, just showed up and wrestled. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, they've gotten around it. They mm-hmm. remember when they shipped in Maki Ito as well. So mm-hmm. I think they don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> which which is it's cool because you we get these cool surprises, but also I wish they were being safe. Yeah, hopefully they're vaccinated. <laughs> I don't want maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, I know the uh, they're the Yankees Boston game and you would expect all the players to have been vaccinated was postponed today because of COVID. So wow. Wow. it Makes can still sense. happen. <laughs> it can still happen. Um, one of the best players in the league is now on the COVID-19 protocol. So hmm. um, yeah, so that's cool. We're getting Archer versus Moxley next week. Like they yeah, are they're... just coming out swinging every week. Yeah. They're, Texas Deathmatch in Japan was really good. So it also had it a spot great. that I've never seen in a match where they try to suffocate each other with a plastic bag. So expect brutality <laughs> even bigger now. <laughs> that was great. That, I mean, that's something that John Moxley does. And it's just, it's funny. You watch <laughs> it and you're like, I, I didn't expect that. That's yeah. very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. One, the one that, Archer is from Texas. Mm-hmm. That would be cool if he won in Texas. Yeah, that would. Be I don't cool. think it's going to happen. I don't think Archer's going to win. I think there is like a ninety-five percent chance Archer's going to lose. Mm-hmm. But I want him to win. Yeah, me too. That'd be cool. I, I know the reason why they're probably doing the Texas Death matches so he doesn't have to get pinned. So it kind of protects him in that way. But and like Marks I, will probably have to like you know pretty much murder him to win. So. I also think that Japan probably wants Moxley to drop it in Japan. Mm-hmm. Like they, they want that belt to exchange hands in Japan. They want that. They want that moment mm-hmm. on their home soil, and that. Yeah, makes and sense. I'm sure they want Mox back in Japan with the belt too. They he do. Was, they love him. Super like over they, over there. They took the belt off him and then put it back on him. Yeah, so. he got it taken off because he 
a hurricane. Yeah. Or whatever they call it on that side of the ocean, a typhoon or something hit. Yeah. So he couldn't make it. So they took the belt off him. That's, and then Juice, I think, won it. I don't remember. Anyways, but that's how he lost it the first time. And then he got it back. Yeah. He had an out. They had an out. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to keep it in Japan and put it on a Japanese wrestler or put it on one of their own wrestlers, they had their mm-hmm. chance, but they love Moxley so much. Yeah. And he's such a money draw in Japan. Mm-hmm. He's he's the he's he's their Brody. Yeah. Um So yeah, um speaking of Forbidden Door, once again, um Andrade was Andrade. Andrade was speaking <laughs> to Alex Eberhantis and Abra, Abra, Alex Eberhantis says, "Hey, so um we were talking to Tony Khan and we know that he's granted you the ability to challenge anybody in any promotion the forbidden door is wide open for you but before he can get out his question andrade says um excuse me alex where is death triangle and he's like oh i uh he's like okay well you don't have to answer but just let them know i'm looking for them Mm -hmm. and i thought that was cool but i'm more curious about that beginning part of yeah where do we think Andrade is going to like, what place can Andrade go to wrestle and wrestle for championships? I'm, I don't know. I know, he, I know on Twitter, he's been saying he wants to go back to J- new Japan. So I'm sure he'll show up there. Him in the G one would be amazing mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Like these are guys, they're not, they don't really have a program in, in, in AEW right now. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect spot for them. Yeah. But the G one with the Olympics is going to be in the fall again. Like it was last year. Is it? Shit. Do they have anything going this summer? No, right? Uh, they have a show coming up. Uh, the main event's Ibushi versus uh, Shingo. But that's mm. about it for the right now, because I think they're going to just get out of the way of the Olympics. Andrade in Japan would be very, very cool, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he he can do a program there because he doesn't really have one in Mm-hmm. in AEW quite yet. So he can he's wide open with what he wants to do. And also... LIJ guys again and stuff. Well, that's the thing is that we know he said he had a surprise and then there's this forbidden door thing. And we know they have a relationship with AAA, who he's going to be wrestling with against Kenny. Mm-hmm. He could bring in some people from AAA, like who's that guy? Um, Laredo kid. Mm-hmm. He could bring in, I th- someone mentioned Vikingo. He could oh, bring that'd in be amazing. Imagine, imagine any of the guys from Ring of Honor as well. I don't know what <laughs> Roosh's status is. I know he just dropped he just the lost title. the title. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of. I was like, oh, I wonder how much contract he has left. So you never know. And then also, what does he want with Death Triangle? Does he <laughs> want Death Triangle? Is he like, uh, Pack? You, uh, one of these is not like the is not like the others. Get this, get this uh, English, get this English fellow out of this uh, group <laughs> of Mexicans. Yeah, um, <laughs> like I'm I'm Death Triangle now. Yeah, I do like though that uh, Pinta and Phoenix are so good that all these people want them for their own team. <laughs> yes, I do. Like I, that. I do really like that. I also I do kind of hope that they don't jump around too much. Me either. Like I hope it's Andrade versus Death Triangle. Like I hope he brings in two other guys and we get like a cool. I think little faction I think warfare he will. Them. Mm-hmm. And because we know he's present. I've said it each week. He is positioned as a leader of men. I mm-hmm. think 
this is going to be how they bring in the AAA guys. Yeah, that'd to, be really uh, cool. I think they're going to work with them for a while, mm-hmm. and then Plus, he can go over. He can go over AAA and work with them for a while as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Andrade versus Pac will be like match of the millennium. That match will like rip. That'll be an amazing match. Could you imagine that at a pay per view? <sighs> I also like during the segment too. As soon as he mentioned Death Triangle, you could hear the crowd audibly gasp, like "Oh shit!" Like they're like, "Oh!" <laughs> like everyone else was <laughs> excited for it too, just by him mentioning it. <laughs> I, I saw their logo on the the iPad. The iPad, yeah. <laughs> His little butler was holding. I was like, "Ooh, here mm-hmm. we go!" <laughs> Before he even mentioned their name, I just love mm-hmm. how he how he said it is. Where's Death Triangle? Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. Um, big fan of that. Me too. Okay, then the next match we had, speaking of big pops for hometown heroes, Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. These two guys tore down the house, more so with the crowd. Yeah, the crowd I was they're... super into this match. Like, this night was so good that this is one of the lesser matches in terms of the ring work, mm-hmm. which which is crazy because this match was fucking awesome too. Yeah, I love this match. And uh, this match um, went over my wife. She's a huge Ricky Starks fan now. Mm-hmm. So you can't watch Ricky and not be just enamored with him. Mm-hmm. He he's yeah. so fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. he's just a very fun personality and character. Yeah. Like even if his his ring work maybe isn't always all the way there. Like you can see, he still has room to grow, mm-hmm. but his character is perfected. Yeah, um, and his mannerisms, like how he squirms away from people, and his facial mm-hmm. expressions, like even the when Cage ripped off his jacket the other week, and and Ricky Stark scampered away, and how high his legs were behind him as he was <laughs> running away, with and he was bare feet at that point because he he had kicked off his shoes, like. Mm-hmm. He's perfect at those little details. Yeah. And like how he grabs his neck and like, oh, mm-hmm. he's perfect. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's very smooth, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I love him. He's going to be a huge, huge star in AW if they just keep absolutely doing stuff like he, this with him. He got that massive hometown pop. Yeah. He was the baby face in this, despite being the heel. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he it, did, the crowd was just eating it up. I kind of felt bad that, for Cage for a little bit. <laughs> Like uh, it's so... fine. It's fine. It's it's Bret Hart versus um HBK yeah. all over again. Where when Bret Hart is in Canada, he's the face, even mm-hmm. though he was the heel. Yeah. It's cool. Or was that against Stone Cold? I can't it's, remember. It was Shawn Michaels. It was Shawn Michaels? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Cage controlled most of this match. Um he was outpowering Ricky Starks for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um but again, Ricky Starks, he had to be crafty, and he was crafty in multiple occasions. Um, in the second half of the match, Cage was, he's hitting all kinds of power moves directly on the neck of Starks, and Taz mm-hmm. was losing his shit on commentary. Yeah. He's like, oh god, watch, oh god, watch the neck! Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's one move, I can't remember what it was, it was just like a flapjack kind mm-hmm. of move where he dropped the dude on his head yeah. and Taz sounded like he was legit concerned um, as I said Stark's offense came from being 
silky smooth, outmaneuvering the much bigger man. At one point, both of them are on the top rope, and Starks squirms out between Cage's legs and picks him up and hits him with a sit-down powerbomb for a yeah. ball. And Starks's facial expressions on this were perfect. This is where mm-hmm. you watch this, and you're like, I, you can't not be a fan. Yeah, you can't not be a fan. He's like a Hollywood actor mm-hmm. in this spot. Like he is, his face is so over the top, mm-hmm. um, and the crowd went ballistic, like just ballistic. Um, Starks then went to grab the title belt, but Cage ripped it away. This is actually the second time that Starks had gone for the belt. The mm-hmm. first time he grabbed the belt, and uh, I don't remember how it got out of his hands, but it Cage ended hit up- him. Okay, when when they were on the outside. Okay, yeah. So Cage got it away from him, and then it ended up on the apron. Mm -hmm. So then this time, uh, Starks picked it up again. But Hobbs dressed like an absolute—he looked awesome. He's wearing the—he has the one arms or the one side suspenders going. He looks like a mechanic, yeah, like a sexy mechanic. It was perfect. I want. Mechanic that doesn't need a car jack because he's so buff, he'll just lift your car up himself. <laughs> I want Hobbs and Hook to just, it's like a a pinup calendar, but it's just them on every yeah. page. Yeah. <laughs> just Hobbs bench pressing Hobbs or mm-hmm. bench pressing Hook. That'd be on every hilarious. Page. It's um, like a firefighter calendar, but just Hooks and Hook and Hobbs. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, so uh, Hobbs rips the, the belt away from him and Starks is like, man, what the fuck? He turns around, F5, mm-hmm. gets hit by a cage, and again, on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, damn, okay, his neck is his neck's good to go. Yeah. And again, this is just a near fall. The crowd goes ballistic. And then Hook hops up on the other side of the ring, distracts the ref, and Hobbs, Hobbs hop up on, ugh, Hobbs hops up. On the other side of the Too ring. Too many H's. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Hits Starks and hits Cage in the head with the belt. He he and then he he stumbles, turns around, gets decleated by a massive spear mm-hmm. for the one, two, three. The crowd and team Taz go wild. Yeah. I loved this booking. The the Texas kid did it. Yeah. He's the new FTW champion. He's it's perfect. Yeah, it was and, amazing. And I think even Taz, before he left commentary, he's like, I love it when a plan comes together and then he like got off commentary. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I saw, <laughs> I heard from uh, one uh, person online. Um, it was on Fightful where he said, uh, he's like, what kind of plan is this? Where he, he took the belt away from him and led him right into an F5. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, he could have lost it there. Yeah, <laughs> but... <laughs> which is which is pretty funny actually. Yeah. Um but yeah, I loved every second of this. I mm-hmm. thought it was so good. It's a lot I of fun thought, and the crowd was just so into this it so into Starks that like you said he was supposed to be the heel but he was getting a babyface reaction and uh there was one scary moment kind of towards the beginning but I think that was just jitters cuz Starks hadn't been in a ring in a while where I don't even know what they tried to do, but he Starks didn't do his full flip. I thought he almost landed on his head. And I was like, oh, careful. There. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cage went to do... It was like a... Almost like a Yushigoroshi. Yeah. Like, with his neck on the back of his knee. Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh, 
yeah, but like it looked kind of like a botch, but I was like, I maybe he meant to do that because that is a pretty brutal move if you mm-hmm. think about it. So yeah, I, I could then right tell. after that he hit him. He hit Starks with like a like a Mishinoku driver or something. So I was like, oh, it's okay. Starks is fine <laughs> if he's taking a Mishinoku driver. <laughs> okay, that that was the move mm-hmm. where he where he dropped him right on his head and Taz lost. Yeah, his Taz mind. lost it. Yeah, he lost his mind. I couldn't remember what move that was, but yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, as soon as he took that move, he was like, all right, Starks is cool. Starks is good to go. Like, he must have been good to go for this for a long time if he's taken that. Because mm-hmm. that will that would put you out if you had a broken neck. Yeah. Yeah, this and, this was great. I, I like Brian Cage, but he really wasn't fitting in well with Team Taz lately to me. So th- I think this would be good for both uh, Team yeah, Taz just, and Brian Cage. I'm yeah, I'm happy to see Cage face the rest of the like I'm again, I think this feud is where we see Hook mm-hmm. uh get his first match. Yeah. He posted that promo picture the other day where he he looks more than ready to go. So give us Hook looking, our future like a champ. snack. Yeah, our future world champ. We need Hook now. Okay. So uh, yeah, yeah, this is it's funny, right? With this, I was like, "Oh yay, uh, Ricky Starks is a is an AW champion." I was like, "Oh wait, it's not." It's yeah, not they even acknowledged by the company. Yeah, they even said that on commentary that it'll never be acknowledged. I was like, "Can we start acknowledging it now, though, that mm-hmm. it's Ricky?" I'm sure they will. <laughs> I'm sure they will now that Ricky has it because he's he's a loudmouth, so he'll he'll acknowledge it a lot. Oh yes, he will. He's going to demand it show up on the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so this is where I thought the crowd was at their all-time best and oh. might have been the best uh, wrestling crowd. I've... It's funny. Both the best wrestling crowd ever and also some of the more frustrating mm-hmm. shit I've ever seen. And I'll get into both here. I thought this this um, this exchange was just aces. So... Right away, right after that match, Cody runs up to commentary and he he just puts on the headset. So the crowd, I don't think, could hear him, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. So this is just for the people at home. And he is he is losing his mind. Um, he's yelling about, he's like, Tommy Ann, Malachi Black. He's like, so you went out there and he's like, you could have been the top guy in AEW. I acknowledge your I acknowledge your your skill and your in your presence. We want we would have wanted you here. But and I would have loved to have wrestled you, but what you do not do is you do not kick a 62-year-old man in the face and mm-hmm. make it so that he cannot get up. Yeah. And then Cody's just like, "Fuck it." give me the big boy Mike and he grabs the, he grabs the stick and he comes walking up to the ring and he's he's walking down there and he's calling out black he's saying you come out here and you you fight me I'm challenging you you fight me right now I do not care I'm in my white suit come out in your black suit we're gonna do yeah, this I like that he's wearing all white that was a cool touch it's cool as hell. And then Black appears on the big screen and he's doing that WWE promo he was doing just before. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like such a cool callback to even be for his newer promos because there's that whole year where he was just in the room wanting someone to fight mm-hmm. him. And this yeah. is like a callback. God, he's so smart. 
So he he's there very calmly with his glasses off, and he's using his glasses <laughs> to talk and to gesture. He's like, this is cool. This is like your dad talking to you or yeah. <laughs> your professor talking to you or like your guidance counselor. And he's so calm and the crowd's going, the crowd's doing really well. And then they start with the fucking what chance I'm, and I got I, so mad. <laughs> I don't know how it's been 20 years because it stone cold did that in 2001. It's 2021. Now stop the what chance he stone cold hasn't wrestled in like, 20 years stop it <laughs> i've never spoke spoken to anybody who likes the what chance no one does i i don't get it it's really frustrating because black was giving a very quiet promo mm-hmm. and i couldn't hear him because of the what chance and i was losing my mind yeah i had to I watch don't... it i had to stop it and watch it back and i really don't get focus. it and it's not even the same company doing the what chance like i don't i don't get it because the promo was actually really cool. He starts mm-hmm. talking about a man who had a prized horse who gave him all who all his money came from using this horse and it was really good to him. It was his best friend. And eventually that horse starts to lose its will to live and it's fire. And you have to put a bag over its head and put it out and put mm-hmm. it out to pasture. And he said, Cody, when I showed up in AEW in and I took out Arn Anderson, and I took out you. I looked in your eyes, and you did not have that fire. You did not have that will to live. Mm-hmm. And Cody is incensed. He he demands a. He's like, "Come out here and get a better look." And mm-hmm. and then uh, Malachi Black says, "I I was hoping like you would say that." Yeah, the lights go off, and the crowd goes. The lights come back on. He he's in the ring. The crowd just goes insane, and they just charge at each other. They're fighting. The officials come out. They're breaking them up. The crowd is screaming at the top of their lungs. Let them fight. Let them fight. And mm-hmm. it is, it's this is the loudest I've ever heard a crowd. It yeah. is like Kofi Kingston winning the belt. Wow, mm-hmm. it is crazy. The, they they're either a suit like the hottest crowd ever or they mic'd this place brilliantly um it could be both like it was i mean deafening I, I had to turn down my tv it was that loud yeah, i was like oh, it was shit. awesome yeah it was yeah it was like that crowd level reaction of like when speaking of stone cold when he came back to fight the alliance and like kofi winning the title daniel bryan winning the title like it was that level of crowd reaction it was yeah. awesome it and, was loud uh, and this isn't even a moment like that this is just mm-hmm. they were that excited for this to mm-hmm. happen yeah. and this is cody at his best this is black at his best and cody is losing his mind screaming at him pointing over the the officials and black is cackling laughing and pointing at his head going i got in your head cody mm-hmm. i'm in yeah. your head cody i like that and it is so good yeah mm-hmm. cody's in a blind rage and one thing that's really cool um Ah shit. I I'm not able to uh to source the person, so I apologize. But somebody on Twitter pointed out that Al Alistair Black's promo is very likely a direct reference to Cody's promo to Dustin Rhodes, where yeah. he 
he talked about taking Dust- Dustin being an old horse, taking him out back, looking to see that the fire is not in his eyes, and putting him out to pasture. He directly referenced Cody's first promo in the mm-hmm. company. That is so fucking cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This whole segment, um, that promo was amazing. Just stop the what chance grad, please. Yeah, it is it is so dumb. It is mm-hmm. there's no point. It doesn't make any sense. Yep. Yep. All but, right. So yeah, this was this is great and now I'm looking even forward to their match. Probably a double or nothing. Or uh all out. Double or nothing's yeah, already happened, but <laughs> Man, we got we got 2000 co- 2019 Cody back. Mm-hmm. This is 2019 Cody. This is yeah. Wrestler of the Year Cody. Yeah. This is face of the company. This is the guy who has been honestly he had like one of the sh- he went from Wrestler of the Year to one of the shittiest years I can remember <laughs> for yeah. a top guy in a company. He had like Roman Reigns getting booed out of the building bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe not quite that bad, but if there were fans, maybe it would have been. Yeah, probably. Like, the height of it a couple months ago, he probably would have been getting booed pretty hard. Like, all of his angles were pretty rancid this past mm-hmm. year. or And even the good ones went to shit. Like, the Agogo one was phenomenal until mm-hmm. it wasn't. And then yeah. it was really bad. Yeah. Uh, one thing, another thing I just remembered, uh, when he was walking down the ring, he said, you know, I may not win all my fights and you can hear the crowd actually laugh. That's what <laughs> He's like, I might be overstepping my power here. <laughs> like, yeah, but cool. Yeah. Because the one thing I'm reading into this a little bit, um, it sounds like um, Malachi Black is trying to show that Cody's a fraud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that's like what's a what's the tagline on his shirt? Like um uh all the fakes are snakes. All the fakes are snakes. Mm-hmm. Like this sounds awesome like he's shirt. talking which it sounds like he's talking about Cody. Mm-hmm. Like Cody's a snake in the grass. He's a fake. Mm-hmm. He said and another thing he said in his promo was um did you hear the crowd chanting for you um to defend yourself against me or to defend Arn? He's like, no, you didn't, because they were cheering for me, mm-hmm. beating up you, because they are violent people, and you love them more than they love you. Yeah, like that was holy so cool. fuck. That is, he's saying the crowd has turned on you, Cody. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and you know, I just, just think of this now, fantasy book, and that's kind of when MJF and Cody feuded. MJF was saying the same thing, like he's mm-hmm. not as nice as you say he is. So what if this is all just a big, long, elaborate storyline for Cody to turn back heel? This is what AEW does, man. Mm-hmm. This is what AEW does. Like the Kenny and Hangman story is from literally before Dynamite even had a name. Mm-hmm. From the rally, that's where this, where their story comes from. That's crazy. Yeah. And speaking of um, taking old horses out to pasture, Santana Ortiz threatened to kill Tully. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> What's up, old man? <laughs> they threatened to kill an old horseman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they grab Tully in the back. He's dressed like an organ grinder. Um, <laughs> the sequence jacket. He looked cool, though. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, they they hold him up. They're about to hit him with a crowbar, and then they donk him on the head with it, and they're like, it's plastic, my friend. Mm-hmm. And they throw it on the ground and they say, uh, 
watch your back. I don't know why you're back here alone. Next time, uh, next time you won't be so lucky. And they walk away and they say, tell your boys. And Tolly's screaming that he, he in fact will tell his boys. Mm-hmm. And um, two weeks, is that two weeks we get that match? So yeah, it's, next week is Fighter Fest Night 2. Yeah, so the week after next, yeah. Okay, so next week we're going to get a huge angle between those two teams, mm-hmm. and that'll be that'll be awesome. So FTR is going to, they just might kill um, Conan in Kayfabe uh, <laughs> so that he can go to MLW for good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so that's a little bit of news. Um, our our boy, what's his what's his name? Um, the radioactive poppy. Um, oh, limelight. Danny Limelight. Yeah, Danny Limelight has officially signed full time with MLW. Mm-hmm. As yeah. with um, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, forgive me, but the new LAX with Conan. So that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He shows up in AEW, and then literally that same week, he's in. <laughs> He's in MLW. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, or we're kind of getting off subject now, but yeah, well, yeah. Whatever. Some girl that showed up was on Raw in a backstage segment, wrestled yes. on yes. Uh, Elevation. So it's like the old Rick Rude peering on two shows at once. Awesome! I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Oh, and here we go. Another. We were just talking about this. This is. Kenny and Hangman and the Dark Order and the Elite. It is amazing. Hangman comes out there to a hero's welcome. Um, he takes us back to, as I said, day one of AW at the <laughs> rally in Jacksonville before they were anything about how he wanted to be the AW world champion and how he failed. <laughs> how he failed in his first match. He lost. He was a failure. And he tried to run and hide behind his failures to hide behind his alcohol to hide behind the alcohol, but the Dark Order had his back and the Dark Order is right. And it's his time to finally take that championship from Kenny. It's time for him to challenge Kenny Omega. But before he can get the words, I'm challenging Kenny Omega for eight for the AEW world title, Don Callis interrupts him. With the elite in tow, oh and God. as soon as Don Callis, Matt's outfits are out of fucking control tonight. <laughs> There's an image of Nick Jackson online, just a screen cap, where he looks like he looks like a child with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> His head looks like a grape. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just the strangest thing. I showed it to my partner, and she died laughing <laughs> because she. It's no secret she hates the Bucks. She's seen them on TV. She's like, I don't like them. Like (laughs) instantly, she's like, I don't like them. She's like, I don't like the. And this is when they were faces. She's like, I don't like the facial hair. I don't like the mutton chops. Is that fringe? Fuck those guys. I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, they are. They went full. They went full crazy. Um, Matt, this is what you wanted. Mm -hmm. This is what you wanted. Um, Yeah, they're going full avant garde with it. Like I've swear, th- the outfit Matt was wearing has it's been Keith Haring. Yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. Like the the famous New York uh, mm-hmm. street artist, yeah, Keith Haring. Actually, a pretty cool outfit. Yeah, if if I'm being honest, I I have a I have a puzzle of that pattern, mm-hmm. which is very hard. Never finished it. Yeah, it seems <laughs> like it would be. It's an incredibly hard puzzle, but yes, that he's actually wearing. 
um, a onesie of a very famous artist. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. actually kind of cool, even though he can't pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nick uh, was like, it was like a shark throwing up a rainbow or something like onto a short. I don't know. It was, it was like a shark go, like with a rainbow coming out of its mouth. And I think there was a cat riding the shark mm-hmm. or like something. Outer it, space, it, was, it was weird. It's like one of those Facebook ads you get like for those terrible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's where they bought them um, from. Totally, totally. Um, yeah. So it essentially turned into. <laughs> the, they start doing basically uh you're not that guy bud <laughs> meme where uh everybody in the elite is is doing very various versions of you're not that guy pal you're not yeah. that guy bud and all yeah. this which is which is funny i actually kind of hate the meme but <laughs> it was it was funny when nick jackson did it i liked yeah. it um and then nick jackson in his keith herring onesie walks down the ring and he starts mocking hangman he's reminding him that actually it was hangman that walked out on his best friends in the elite it was hangman that decided to drown his sorrows in alcohol it was hangman who costed them who cost them in the um in that tag team tournament like that gauntlet Mm -hmm. um it was hangman that did all these things which it's kind of true it it was they Mm -hmm. on both sides they were fucking up yeah so I like that that they're not letting that they're not letting that go, even though it's bad faith on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they he says that he says his breath smells like alcohol, and Hangman is going to be the next great wrestling wrestling tragedy, which is a hell of a shot. I like that, because Dark Side of the Dark Side of the Ring is so prevalent mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a pretty heavy blow, and then and then he says like, "Oh, Hangman, what are you gonna do? Hit me? You don't you don't have the balls to hit me." And then Hangman hits him, and Jr. shouts out, "Balls galore!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really funny. And but but before like Kenny's position behind Hangman, and before he can hit Hangman with that belt, outruns the Dark Order. They chase Kenny out of the ring, and I love that shit. And Mm-hmm. Again, I was so sure that it was going to end up being Stu Grayson um, challenging Kenny at Fight for the Fallen because he got right up in Kenny's face yeah, right away. Yeah, he was the first one in the, in the ring. Yeah. I still think that match is going to happen at some point. But what happens here is really cool. Um, Kenny's outside the ring with his boys. He's like, he's like, you know, and he's he's the leader of this posse and Hangman's the leader of the other posse, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And Hangman's telling him, you know what? You want a match so badly, you got a match. But it's not going to be just you and me. It's going to be it's going to be a five on five. It's going to be me and four of my guys in the elite versus you and four of your guys in the Dark Order. And Hangman says, you know what? I can do that. However, if I beat you, I get a chance. I get a shot at the title. And if... And... um." Uno and Grayson get a shot at the tag team titles. And I was like, oh, fuck yes. That, mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's yeah. really good. Because people have been begging for Uno and Grayson to get a shot at those titles. Yeah. I don't think they would win. And I don't even think that they're going to win this match. I think this is how they get away from Hangman challenging too soon. Mm-hmm. I think that Hangman's team loses this match. 
Yeah. And I love that it's going to be an elimination tag team match. They're essentially running the original premise of Survivor Series. Yeah. Which is gone now. Mm-hmm. WWE does not do it anymore. It was an incredible uh, match and stipulation. I don't know why they don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love elimination tag matches because you get like, there's so many different scenarios you can think of to do it and stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's exciting. No, it, it, it's so good. There's, there are so many ways that this match can go. Like if all of the Dark Order get eliminated, it's just Hangman and he's running through all of the elite mm-hmm. until maybe he almost gets to Kenny and then he doesn't quite get to him. Because I've heard some uh, some thoughts that Hangman and Kenny shouldn't touch until All Out. And I I can see the point in that. Yeah. But I don't know how they get to that point without... Um, without uh, I don't know how they do that in this match. I don't know how they don't touch each other. Yeah. Well, I did. I was listening to a podcast, and somebody on there said that it's five versus five, so they could do five elite members versus five in the uh, dark order. So they could go <laughs> around doing angels. That yeah. <laughs> that would be very very funny. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Kenny, um, he said that. It would be, he said, Hangman, it would be a blessing if you guys lost, because then your greatest fear wouldn't come true. You wouldn't fail against me in that ring one-on-one. But unfortunately for Kenny, Hangman gives an exuberant acceptance to the challenge, sending Kenny rolling from the ring at this point to collect himself. Yeah, did you notice what Hangman said when he accepted? He said the Dark Order never backs down from a fight we accept, so he like said he was in the dark order i know i love it i love it man he's a great leader of that uh of that Mm -hmm. group i think it's awesome and yeah i mean even from the very beginning i was like this this needs to end my dream scenario was he becomes the leader of of the lost boys essentially Mm -hmm. he becomes the peter pan to the lost boys Mm -hmm. it's so good it's such a great idea and it's yeah. honestly like we're watching the best story in wrestling play out. One of the yeah. best stories ever told in wrestling. No one's ever told a story like this. That's about somebody's essentially somebody's mental illness. Yeah. And about him finding therapy through friends and not through alcohol. And mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah. It's really like cool. It and also another thing to come from this segment is it seems the internet has figured out that Hangman has a nice butt because I've seen a bunch of memes of I saw that too. <laughs> it is spectacular. He, yes, of yes. all the of all the people in AEW and almost all wrestlers, he looks better in clothes than anybody. Mm-hmm. Like oh, uh, clothed, he's like the most attractive yeah. human in the world. Yeah, his, and his shirt. Once he gets in the ring, amazing. and in, it's funny in full gear. No. He's not. He doesn't look as good as, like, let's say, Pac or even <laughs> Kenny or a few other people. But like in clothing, it's like, oh my god, he's the perfect human being. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah. So next we have a Jericho segment, and it's essentially, well, he's already accepted the stipulations, but he's talking about them, and he says, "Oh, MJF, I noticed that you uh, you took your inspiration from Hercules." And I just, I wanted to remind you that 
Hercules went through all the trials, he succeeded, and then he got his final prize. So I honestly, I don't really know what you're getting at here. <laughs> and then MJF runs out, attacks him with Sean Spears, and they have him pinned to the ground, and MJF tells him that, hey, I have your uh, first um, match and stipulation for you, your first trial. It's going to be against Sean Spears, which I was like, oh, well, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. And, and he gets to use a chair and you don't. It's like, oh, that's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a stipulation that it's got my interest, but doesn't have me quite clamoring for it. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's not. I don't really happen. care. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I do think, chair shot he sorry. gave him when he first ran in was that looked gnarly when he hit Jericho in the throat with the chair spears. True, that looked brutal. Um, spears knows how to throw a chair shot. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the match is going to have some really good old school psychology with it being with those two guys. Um, oh yeah, is it? They said it was next week, right? Yes. It's next yeah. week. Yeah, so it's funny. You know that the there's going to be some people who are going to be like, oh, do I really want to see a Jericho versus Sean Spears match in 2021? And they're like, hey, I get it. I don't know if I do either. But another match I, I didn't it... want to see. Oh, was this next one? Yeah. yeah, another match I didn't want to see in 2021 was a Matt Hardy versus Christian match. And that match was good. Yeah. The... <laughs> when it first started out, the, the crowd kind of calmed down. And I was like, uh-oh. But they, them being two crafty veterans, they got the crowd back into it, and the crowd was hot, hot, hot for this match towards the end. Like, man, I fucking, I fucking knew these two guys were going to do this to me. Yeah. I knew they were going to pull off a very good match, despite my moaning for weeks mm-hmm. about this feud. And this that match I did had not one want one of the most brutal spots of the night with a coffin match on the show too. This, yeah, it it was it was insane. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. I'm going to talk about this one for a little bit, and I'll tell you why, and then I'm going to hand it over to you for a bit. So kudos to these guys. They they won me over, and they won over the crowd. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I'll just say right now, I, I have to confess that I missed a very large chunk of this match due to me ensuring that I caught the brand new limited edition run of the Desert Pink shirt by Lee Moriarty, which he dropped at 9 p.m. last night, which was right it's when this nice- match started yeah it's a nice shirt um, though I, I don't blame you that shirt is sold out now you can't have it um yeah so five minutes into this match i was done um <laughs> and then for some reason my paypal wasn't accepting my password and it was a whole thing so i was i was out of it for a while but yeah this match opened up with a lovely opening lockup i thought it yeah. was and they cool. kept going and I, I remember telling you it's like i hope this whole match is just <laughs> Like a ten minute lockup match. That'd be awesome. I told you before that I've, I've watched a match that was just a headlock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was that match There's... in Noah last year where they just stared at each other the whole time. So it can be done. <laughs> yeah, you can do it, and the crowd starts to really get into it when you do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like the headlock one. It was just. It was like it was like a mud show. It was in like mm-hmm. a barn, um, but with <laughs> with a guy who's in who's popular in the indies now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually seen him in AEW. What was his name? Um, I can't remember, but he goes by uh, Thought Steiner. Is his uh, <laughs> that's hilarious? Is his Twitter handle? Um, ah, ah, forget it. Oh, well, it'll it might come to me later. But he's that guy. Mm-hmm. He looks like Scott Steiner with the mullet, and he's got like the the same singlet, and he's got mm-hmm. the the high top shoes. Yeah, he's a, he's a good wrestler. 
Um, anyways, yeah, so this was cool. There was the opening lockup. There's an amazing um, flying elbow from Christian over top of the ring post, which was really cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then a really, really brutal looking DDT on the ring steps by Hardy, yeah, which I think is looked, the spot you're talking about. Yeah, that looked nuts. Like, I, I thought, I was like, damn, is Christian dead? Like, because that looked gnarly. <laughs> he sold it like his soul left his body. I know. Like, he went limp immediately. I was like, holy crap. Like, that that was amazing. That yeah. is a lesson in how to sell a move. Mm-hmm. Good yeah, lord. This, yeah, this match was a lot of uh, what has been happening with Christian a lot lately, where he's like, He's still trying to overcome that of being off for seven years. And with like, usually it's him trying to keep up with younger guys, but this match was cool. Cause it's like the super crafty veteran and Matt Hardy. So it's like him trying to outthink Matt Hardy and you know, Matt Hardy's one of the best thinkers in the business. So this match had a, like it, we talked about it earlier in the, the uh, Moxley match where they utilized the 10 count really well, mm-hmm. where Matt hit him with the twist of fate, Christian kicked out. And then so Matt Hardy took him to the outside, got him in, he calls it the leech, his front face lock move. Yes. Until he passed out, crawled back in, told the ref to count him out, and then Christian barely beat the 10 count at like nine and three quarters. Like, it was amazing. I love it. I lo- Like, 10 counts and 20 counts, they can be overdone, but man, when it's that close and like, it's so good. I love it. And then, uh, what else did I like in this match? There's that spear where Christian went for the spear, Hardy dodged. Christian immediately bounced out of the turnbuckle and hit him on his way back. That was really cool. Oh, that is cool. Mm-hmm. This is a good match. I don't remember a lot of it now because I'm nervous because I should have wrote down. I should have watched it again <laughs> before and wrote down notes because uh, you told me that you didn't have notes for this. I should have wrote down notes, but yeah, yeah it, is it, it, is. Was, it was a really good match. <laughs> Two crafty veterans. They got the crowd into it too, which was cool because when it first started, I said I was super excited for a call and elbow tie up. I don't think this crowd was too hot for it at the beginning because the crowd really died down after their entrances. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but they, they got... I don't think they they knew what to make of that mm-hmm. beginning. But yeah, I but once it. they hit the DDT on the ring steps, the crowd popped right back into this because that that was like spot of the night with a coffin match in the show. Like that was brutal as hell. I do remember the ending. So I, I came back in right at the end. Mm-hmm. What I really liked about him, about Christian coming in at the end, it looked like he was playing possum. Yeah. Because he waited until nine, got back in the ring, and immediately hit yeah. his finish. Yeah, he was like, switch. that's was, cool. He he's awesome. a sneaky fuck because mm-hmm. he is a heel. We, he's He just hasn't told us he's a heel. Yeah, yet. and then at the end, uh, the Hardy family came out. And they were going to jump Christian, but then Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus came out. And this was interesting because Luchasaurus picked Christian up on his shoulders and Christian like gave a high five to Jungle Boy. But then you see Jungle Boy looking at Christian and looking at Luchasaurus and like, huh, that's usually my spot. Like he he looked a little jealous. So he's trying to take a spot. He's trying to take mm -hmm. your spot, man. Yeah. So it's cool. Now I'm thinking maybe Jungle Boy turns on Christian. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think so because Christian is such a good heel. They like a he'd be so much better in the heel role. And Jungle Boy's like such a natural baby face. Like you just look at that guy and you want to cheer for him. But yeah, I like I that think... wrinkle of him looking jealous. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. Jr. pointed it out on commentary. I was like, Jr. I don't know if you're supposed to point that one out, but I get it. You got to let it was subtle. Know. It mm-hmm. was it was really subtle. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed that as I did notice that as well when uh, Jungle Boy looked up at him and you could. You could see that the wheels were turning his mm-hmm. head. He's like, hey. 
and then yeah. like he tried to tried to pull him down and, yeah. and Christian's like, no, no, yeah, more. He's like, all right, I don't. Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's like, wait, is this guy essentially is this guy using us? Yeah. Which that'd yeah. be a cool wrinkle too. Like it's like Jungle Boy just kind of starts noticing that they're getting used. And I think that's it. Mm-hmm. And and this is the the and again, this isn't my point. This was uh brought up on what culture, but I they mentioned that um Christian Cage, I think it was in the road too this past week, which I did watch, he mentions He's like, I've always been a dick. Mm. He's like, I've always been a sneaky dick. <laughs> like, he's like, I've been the same guy I always have been. And I like that. So it's like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He's being a sneaky little guy. And we yeah. know he, we know that he's going to betray Jungle Boy. And now Jungle Boy is just starting to catch on to it. Yeah, that's which, really cool. Uh, I like it a lot. I like that. Okay, so now we have... Miro reveals his new title, and this is cool. So this is essentially Miro's story time. So, oh, this he is tells awesome us too. He tells us there was once a man who was rich. He had a hot wife who could do the splits. That man was lost. I'm saying this like it's a nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> that man was lost. He was, and he was lost because he wasn't being himself. He walked out of his house to find himself, and then he heard a voice telling him to. Re- to forgive himself and remember who he was. That hero was not a selfish man uh, because he was out there forgiving everyone he destroyed in his past. This made him God's favorite champion. And mm-hmm. this is his reward. And he lifts up his belt and reveals the new, he reveals the new designed TNT belt. And I love this because, oh, wait, Sorry, I'll continue here. He says, every champion should be willing to defend their title with their life, and he's willing to defend his title with yours. <laughs> and I thought this was just wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. And there's actually a phenomenal uh, Twitter thread online from somebody who's a Bulgarian native, um, who's native to Bulgaria, I guess is the correct way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Um her name is her Twitter handle is Maggie underscore IK. And she broke down how this belt is just a love letter to Bulgaria. It's in the Bulgarian colors, the white, red, and green. The side plates are all, all have specific meaning to Bulgaria. I think Mm -hmm. it's uh, one of them is, has a reference to, I think it's the flag, but it's a reference to his, hometown which ends up being also her hometown so that's why she recognized oh, it like cool. there's a lot of meaning in here i recommend going on and giving it a follow and giving it a read because it's really cool it's prominent if you just if you look up if you see an image of the belt on twitter it's normally attached to her thread because mm-hmm. it got a lot of uh, retweets and likes but uh it's really cool how they did that and I think it's really it's a really wonderful touch that AEW is giving has given every TNT champion their own belt. Yeah, essentially. that's cool. C- Cody had the tin can. Brody had the new belt, like when it was remade. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Darby had the black belt, and now Miro has this belt, and they can keep doing this for every champion. Mm-hmm. I want them to do this forever. It would be really to. cool if they did something like that. That would make the TNT belt even more unique. 
and it's going to make them so much fucking money. Yeah, because you could just keep selling belts. <laughs> it's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, so very. We've cool all been stuff. to those shows with wrestler fans that have their belts. So those belt collectors, they could buy every one if they wanted to. Yeah, so I, I thought that that was really cool um, that they've that they've that they put that much thought into a belt. It's mm-hmm. not like they have some really cool personalized belts in WWE, but they're kind of cheesy for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. Um, with minus the Daniel Bryan one, that was that was amazing. That was extremely <laughs> well thought out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the eco-friendly the, belt that was amazing. I love the, that one. The hemp belt. Yeah. <laughs> so so funny. Okay, and speaking of funny, we had Brit. I mean, sort of funny. This was, this was Britt Baker. Tony Schiavone calls her out to the ring. She comes out to a again white hot pop. This mm-hmm. crowd last night was on for everything. I'll tell you yeah. what. She yeah, goes out there. She hugs Tony Schiavone in the ring, which is cool. The crowd's going insane. And then Britt addresses everybody's worries, which is her well-being after the table spot that she took from Nyla Rose, where she went through that table. And she says that she's had her nose broken. She's been hit by chairs, hit by ladders. She's been slammed on tacks. And eventually the bleeding always stops. And at the end of all this, she emerged as the AEW women's champ. She emerged stronger. And then she and then she proceeds to to put over Nyla by reminding us that Nyla's actually beaten her twice before. One mm-hmm. in the uh in the women's tournament. Um <laughs> however, this is before she then buries her by saying that she's not even close to the caliber of wrestler that Brit is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nyla is only relevant if she's, if she's around the title belt and, yeah. and good luck, good luck getting that belt off Brit. She's not letting it go because you're not even remotely in her class and you're standing beside Vicky who will always be relevant because of her name, which <laughs> I thought was really well Really well said. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah. God dang, Brit, yeah. take it easy. <laughs> yeah, she said, Nyla, the, your only relevance is is your significance to this belt, mm-hmm. and or your only significance is your proximity to the belt, which I thought was really good. And, yeah, and then they cut to Nyla and Vicky in the back. I don't remember what Vicky said, but she sounded like she was legit wanting to cry. Like, oh. <laughs> like Brit, Brit cut them that deep. I was like, maybe you shouldn't have just. You should have just shown them mad, not had her cut a promo. But... Oh, <laughs> I hope she knew. Yeah, <laughs> that like because that would be kind of shocking mm-hmm. and mean. Yeah, so like like a reference to your uh, mm-hmm. to your dead husband. My God, yeah. I'm sure she knew beforehand. That'd be pretty jacked up. Not Hopefully. to, but <laughs> Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so next we have John Moxley, and he's essentially accepting Lance Archer's challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that uh, he once m- mentioned that you don't, you don't beat Lance Archer, you survive Lance Archer. And he survived him in the Tokyo Dome, he survived him in Jacksonville, but now he's realized that Archer's never going to stop. But the joke's on Archer... He's he's looking to get him before he gets before he gets Mox. And mm-hmm. there's only he says there's only one boogeyman in New Japan and in AEW, and that's John Moxley. 
and he says, Archer, you want Texas Death tar- Texas Death Part 2? Next week, you'll be Texas-born, Texas-bred, and by God, you'll be Texas-dead. Yeah. It's like, God damn. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, cool. that fucking line, man. Yeah. They... Re- they come up with some of the best lines. Yeah, that's a um, it's a saying down in Texas. Texas born, Texas bred. One day I'll be Texas dead. That's like a, it's like a. Is it really? Scene. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's but the uh, way he the way he said it was cool because he it really emphasized Texas dead. It's just fucking mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. Like the the thing. Oh man, everybody dies, man. Like it yeah. it plays right into his. Uh, mm-hmm. into you know his they've been bringing up new japan a lot more lately and there was those rumors that wwe was talking to new japan so i wonder if those have fallen through and now oh they a- died yeah for sure and now and now AEW can like really bring up their partnership more with new japan i can't remember who mentioned it but uh somebody said that those talks were a little bit ago and that they were fairly preliminary and that they haven't happened for a while hmm. Because like the past two weeks, like they're really hyping up the U.S. title, so maybe now New Japan's like, "Hey, help us out yeah. here with this with our title." I think they were just uh, they're just trying to shake the cage a little bit, and because mm-hmm. there's no way New Japan is going to work directly with uh, with WWE, because then that eliminates their relationship with Impact, with MLW, mm-hmm. with. Um, with AEW, like it'll like everybody's playing nice mm-hmm. outside of WWE. You don't get rid of that to to work with uh, to work with WWE because when you send your guys over, they're going to write their own storylines, mm-hmm. and they're not going to send you their best. They're going to send you like their NXT scraps. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not going to be a two way street. Mm-hmm. So no. And also, they're trying to do their NXT Japan, which they've been trying to do forever. Yeah. So no, it doesn't. No, they're not doing it. Yeah. This isn't the days of the early '80s or mm-hmm. '90s when they would send over Hogan. Yeah. Like they're not. You're not going to be getting Seth Rollins over there mm-hmm. or uh, awesome. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Rollins would be amazing in New Japan. Mm-hmm. He would excel there for sure. Yeah. Okay, uh, I know you're excited for this next match. Oh yes, big Utes. Mm-hmm. So we saw, had there's like a hashtag for him, Utes Day or something like that on Twitter yesterday. Yeah, you today. You today. Yeah, like I saw that. somebody making a hashtag. I was like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I love Wheeler Yuta. Um, and this was Sammy G looking like a looking like an absolute star. Yeah, another hometown. Well, not really hometown, but, but Texas, Texas boy. Yeah, he's from Houston. I think they're they were at Austin. Which Texas is so big that's still like hours away from each other. But. Uh, I call it hometown. He got yeah, the yeah. he got that Texas pop. Yeah, because um, they they emphasize Texas whenever he walked out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In case you couldn't guess, I'm a huge uh, Wheeler Yuta fan, and I realized why that is because um, he he is or was among the uh, the wave of indie wrestlers about three or four years ago that emerged after all after that great signing spree by WWE where they signed up all the indie talent mm-hmm. and the the tier or the people that were left that filled that gap when WWE took everybody was Jungle Boy, Darby, Marco Stunt, Joey Janela, 
Jake Atlas, and Brody King. Mm-hmm. And then right underneath them, a little bit younger than them. Actually, no, not younger than them. I guess he's older than a couple of those guys. But right under them on the in that tier was Wheeler Yuta as well. And I have a really great fondness for that crop of wrestlers because that's right when I was getting back into wrestling mm-hmm. and when I was starting to follow the indies. So I was watching these guys a ton and they all kind of came up together. Um, so that was really cool. I have a, I have a big fondness for all those guys. And this is one of the reasons why I love AEW so much was because they took all my favorite indie wrestlers and just smashed them together with my favorite new Japan wrestlers. It was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. It's like, this is the perfect storm for me. And for those that don't know, Yuta came up in Philadelphia and Philadelphia being trained by Drew Gulak, Chucky e. T and orange Cassidy. And that was in their Chikara days, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that when they were doing the, uh, the those, that gentleman <clears throat> stuff or was that? Uh, I can't remember. Cause I know Gulak was, he was one of the ants too, right? In Chikara. I don't know. Chikara. So it was yeah. orange Cassidy. Orange yeah, Cassidy I, was fire ant. Yeah. I can't remember all the ant. I don't know. Chikara is so crazy. <laughs> I but can't remember all the gimmicks. You yeah, was in if, Chikara with them and he mm-hmm. was, he was essentially trained by these guys. And they have brought him in as sort of their protege so far in AEW. Mm-hmm. And I am hoping that they sign him. It, sa- it sounded like just from the commentary. Yeah, they, they were hyping him up. They talked about him a lot. Um, Tony Schiavone talked about how he saw him a lot before AEW and before he even got back really doing a lot of commentary. I guess he, maybe he saw him when he was working for MLW. Mm-hmm. Um He's ha he has one of my top five matches of the year with Lee Moriarty. He had yeah. a forty five minute classic on on Beyond Wrestling, and that was the match that uh Wheeler Yuta won the IWTV championship off of Lee Moriarty. So very good match. I highly recommend you watch any, everybody watch that match. I think I talked about it on this podcast yeah. at one point. Yeah. Yeah, very much. first watched it, you told me about it. Yeah. If you're a fan of like Daniel Bryan type technical wrestling, watch that match. It's so good. Um, but back to this match. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to talk about this match less because it was a quick one, but it was very, very good. It's good. Um, the crowd was into it. Yeah, so the crowd's into everything tonight, but <laughs> it was good. Yeah, this this was a nice quick. It, this was a nice sprint. And it was mm-hmm. a sprint that highlighted Sammy's star power. He looked like an absolute star in this. And they put him in there with a young guy to both sort of test Wheeler Yuta with their very best. And mm-hmm. also because they know that Wheeler Yuta can make Sammy look really good as well. Like it, yeah. it was a nice way for Sammy to just have an absolute banger. Um, he looked like an absolute star. Um, Yuta did just enough to show that he belonged in the company. I thought, again, fantastic sprint. It showed that AEW can put on great shorter matches, which mm-hmm. I think they need to sprinkle in a few more of these, but they also have to do that if they want to fit <laughs> uh, any more matches on their show, because yeah. this was their sixth match of the show, and it was announced just the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, it looks like Sammy has surpassed the inner circle. Um, yeah, I hope to see him move on from them in 
fairly short order. And again, another great showing for a Texas kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is good. It was good. Short, sweet, to the point, did what it needed to do. Got Sammy out in front of uh, his home state and showed off what Yuta could do, in the, even though it was a short match. But yeah, commentary put both guys over a lot, so that's what is good. Yeah, they let him hit his giant splash that he does, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope at some point, if we do see more of him, which I think we will, um, I hope that he's able to show the Utilock. The Utilock mm-hmm. is so cool. It's like no uh, submission I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah, it's, and, and it seems like um, they all did the... Was it on Dark? Where they did the hug? Yeah, they all did the hug with Yuta, so Mm -hmm. it seems like they're positioning for that. Well, he came out to the the best friend's music with Mm -hmm. the best friends, so that says something. It looks like they are positioning him with them. Yeah, especially with Trent being out. Trent being out and him coming up with them, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It, It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I don't know if his look and his gimmick really works with that group, um, but it, uh, that's it's right. They got an alien in the group, so it, it, I mean, you can put anyone in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah. They they all look like cartoon characters, and then he comes out in a in a shearling duster. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, you know, every back. every comedy movie has a straight man, so you always need the that's straight true. man. That's true. He's the Captain Boomerang or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. This uh, the next segment was really QT bullies Tony Schiavone. I missed this whole thing. I didn't see any of this. This is news to me. That this, I went to go pee, and I I, I missed. I didn't even notice any of this. So yeah, it, it is. <laughs> uh, it it was very short. Um, so uh, Tony says he brings up the fact that uh, he's like, oh, you had a great match with uh, with Cody Rhodes last week, and QT says, hey man, um, you were uh. You're really quick to point out that I lost to Cody, but you, uh, you kind of re- were reluctant to talk about how how I pinned Cody the week before that. He's like, "What gives, man?" And then he uh, he fakes pouring a protein shake on his head and jokes about. It. He says, "Ah, oh, I wouldn't do that." And then he pours a protein shake on his head, <laughs> and that's just it. And he looks like he delivers pizza. <laughs> was the rest of his group with him or is it just him? Yeah, he he took uh he took um Aaron Solo's protein shake from him and oh, poured okay. it on Tony's head and Tony just goes, "Oh, what the hell, man?" <laughs> and, I missed that the, whole in thing. the way that only Tony can do. Mm-hmm. Um, That's funny. I didn't even yeah. know that segment was there cuz when I came back <laughs> from the bathroom the this the next match was coming on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the next match was Yuka Sakazaki versus Penelope Ford. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. So we, great to see Yuka Sakazaki back. We got yeah. the the crowd loves Yuka. I love Yuka. You love Yuka. Love Everybody Yuka. loves Yuka. Yeah, she's she's amazing. My wife, I don't think she had really seen her before. She's like, who's this girl? I like her a lot. <laughs> she's so fun. And mm-hmm. Penelope Ford looked good. Her yeah, her new gear new was cool. Gear, is amazing that fire gear yeah she doesn't cool. have the weird uh upper part of the boots anymore that looks like x-men figures <laughs> you know what they used to have like that weird friggin yeah. <laughs> like lampshade at the top of their knee mm-hmm. yeah she doesn't have that exactly anymore what you're talking about yeah um yeah uh luca luca you could look really good uh, not quite her best and i'm not surprised here 
And um, I think a lot of this has to do with uh, language. Um, I find that the some, the Joshis who have not been around for an extended period of time, when they mm-hmm. have their first few matches, they tend to, or their first match or so, they tend to be a little slow and struggle in ways that is uncharacteristic of that specific wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen Yuka face Japanese wrestlers um, with AEW, like when they did their tournament, and it is like A+. Plus. Yeah, and then they g- come to AW in America, and I know for a fact, as Nyla Rose has talked about this, Yuka Sakazaki knows next to no English, mm. so she's going in there wrestling Penelope Ford, who does not speak Japanese, as far as I can, as far as I know, yeah. and they very probably likely have never wrestled each other before, so they're trying to communicate with each other. In the ring. I always wondered how they do that. They sort of call moves. And Nyla Rose talked about how when she wrestled in Japan, in the Joshis, she did a tour there. And she would know the name of a few moves. And she'd be able to call it like, backdrop. And they would know it. Mm -hmm. And then they could communicate that way. But she said that Sakazaki knows as little English, like, like far less English than the people that she wrestled with in Japan mm-hmm. when she was over there. So she said it's very, it's actually quite hard to get the, to get your bearings yeah. with her at first. Um, so I think that if Yuko were to spend more time here and get used to wrestling with these women, and this isn't the first time we've seen it. We saw it with Maki Ito where she mm-hmm. was a little bit rough in her first couple matches with, women that she'd never wrestled with before whereas in japan in the tournament looked really really good so i think there's just an unfamiliarity and a a hesitancy where they just seem a little bit slower if that makes sense like it's just not quite connecting as much yeah it's yeah and she probably i don't know how long she's been in the states she could still be kind of jet lagged and all that stuff well she arrived last week so if you hear my dog yeah, barking, just... I apologize. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't hear him. It's okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's something where uh, the first match there's just a little bit of uh, not ring rust isn't the right term, but almost like a, a familiarity that they have to get because they have mm-hmm. to they essentially have to speak the language of wrestling, and if you can't communicate um, with your with your actual language, it's just going to take a little bit longer to get your to get your feet underneath you, especially with wrestlers that you've never wrestled with before. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they've said that her and Riho are here on excursion, so they'll probably be here for a little bit. Yeah, so. I think Riho's here for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I at one point I heard that she was here for good, but I don't know if that is the case. Yuka is definitely just here on excursion, so she'll probably mm-hmm. be here for like a. A couple months. Yeah. And I will bet you anything, but that by the end of her couple months, her matches will look a lot crisper. Yeah. Just because the the familiarity will be there by that time. But yeah, like her matches in the, in the women's tournament were like phenomenal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's so good. And I like that. She said, they said she's from Southtown, which is where Terry Bogard from, Fatal Fury's from, so that got me excited. 
Yes. <laughs> when you sent me that, I was like, I don't yeah. understand. And then I was like, oh, okay, okay, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I do want to point out that I really appreciate about Yuka Sakazaki is her magical girl splash is different every time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just a splash off the rope. Sometimes it's a 540. So this time it was a, just a horizontal 180 spin where she yeah, landed cool backwards. Though. She like was completely flat in the air. Like spinning like a Frisbee. Yeah. like It's different every single time she does it. And I love that. Mm-hmm. You never know what, what she's going to pull off there. And that's that's really cool. Yeah, this, this match was good. Um, I just thought, uh, just a little hesitant. And sometimes that's also something that happens with Penelope Ford, where mm-hmm. sometimes she seems a little hesitant. So that could be a little bit of that as well. But yeah, I'm really excited to see Yuka continue. I think like the longer these Josies are with the company for an extended period of time and they get more familiar, because again, they come in, they wrestle a few people, and then they leave. It's like, ah, mm-hmm. like you can't quite get familiar with everybody. Like it, mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Okay. Now we have an AW Rampage trailer, which um, we are less than a month away from the second major AEW show. Yeah, that's um, nuts to think about. <laughs> that's August 13th. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I was interested to see in it, one, one, one of the uh, text phrases that popped up in it was less distractions which I thought mm-hmm. was interesting because that's, and they put that in there for a reason because there was very little text on this, but less distractions. Yeah. Was something I wonder if they just that, mean it's going to be pure matches, but I, I think that I don't think so. Cause you would think they would kind of have to have stories mm-hmm. um, like maybe some less, less interviews, but they, I don't know. Again, interesting, but like maybe that means less commercials. Because it's a, it could be that too, a one like, hour show. Yeah, they could do like a, this episode sponsored by Mountain Dew and then limited commercials brought to you by Mountain Dew. I could see that. That'd be cool. And then they could have j- almost just as many matches as uh, AW Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> that would be could nuts. You imagine? Put that many in an hour. Every match would be five minutes long. It'd be like a... They, they could probably have like... A, Two thirds of the matches of Dynamite, mm-hmm. maybe. It'd yeah, be interesting. That's a that's a cool idea that we just came up with. I don't know if they're going to do it, but like it was, this one's sponsored by such and such, and then like two I, commercial breaks the whole show. I've heard people talk about how, like specifically with Blood and Guts, how they should have found a sponsor for that so mm-hmm. that they didn't have to take commercial breaks. Yeah, but that um they didn't have a choice with that because that is all run by TNT. That's their choice. That's the contract. Yeah. They don't get to change that in any way, but this is a new contract. Mm-hmm. So they could potentially do that. And we could have no, we could have no commercials or maybe yeah, just one cool. commercial break in the whole show. Yeah. Cause they're always high in the, what is it? 18 to 45 demo, the most important mm-hmm. demo. So they can get the good sponsors if they wanted to, they could just show them that. And then, because they are still in a tough spot at 10 o'clock on Friday. I yes. really think they got to look to... I don't think that's a good spot, as we saw with Dynamite, their A show being there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how their B show is going to make that any better. It's great for me. I don't give a fuck. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't work Saturdays, but I'm an old man and fall asleep at like 10.30, no matter what day it is, so. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will watch it. I will be happy. I'm going to be really happy to be able to watch just that little bit more of Dynamite after, uh, like, two days later, after, mm-hmm. like, a... I start to get that craving again, and I can get just get that little bit hit, that little hit of AEW again. And I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. yes, and of just a better quality than Dark. Yeah, like, I don't even really watch Dark anymore. I look to see what the I'll, matches are, and then selectively yeah, choose them. If there's wrestlers on there that I want to see, I'll, I'll watch them. Like Ricky Shane Page was on this week. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big GCW guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, like they've really had cool Riho match. on the past couple weeks. I've watched mm-hmm. her on there and stuff like that. Wheeler Yuta's matches. I've been watching those, mm-hmm. and he's got two wins now. So that's sign- they are they're pushing him. Last yeah. time we saw that was that British kid. I can't remember his name. Carter. Oh his yeah, name ended Due up going to, to like... WWE because of visa issues. Yeah. So yeah, that was the that last was time cool. they pushed somebody like that, mm-hmm. and before that was like. Um, I can't remember their names. The uh, I was just talking about them. Um, top flight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's let's move on to this main event because this was fucked. <laughs> like this, yeah, match, this match was, was stupid, and I loved it. This match was <laughs> so nuts that uh, by when it ended, I was like that was so fast. And then I looked, I was like, Oh, it's been 20 minutes. Like, I just didn't realize that this has been going on for that. Cause it's so fast paced and crazy that I didn't like, like time just flew by watching this match. Yeah. It, it, it felt really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought when I looked at said there was 15 minutes left. Yeah. It's 15, 20 the minutes, show. something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like 15 minutes is short for a main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially with plunder and stuff in this. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, how are they going to get all this in there?" And especially with the uh, with the build up to it as well, because mm-hmm. they had the Paul Bearers walk out, like walk the uh, walk the coffin to the ring, which was really cool. I like that they I come thought, out with. I could tell someone was in it by the way they are carrying it. They're being extra careful with it. I thought Darby was in it though. That I thought that was going to be his entrance. Of course, and I think everybody thought that, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they they swerved us a bit there. They can't, I like that the casket had its own ring music and, and video, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Ethan Page came out, and I hate him. He's so obnoxious. He's always so obnoxious in his entrance. However, he was appropriately somber and serious this time, which I liked. Mm-hmm. And he stopped at the casket or at the coffin. And I got to stop calling it a casket. It's not a casket. Mm-hmm. That's WWE's thing. Yeah, trademarked by that, WWE, bro. Not We're that there's anything wrong with that, but it's different. <laughs> yeah. Casket's the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. I'll let him have that. Um, yeah, he stopped at the coffin and looked at it, really illustrating the gravity of the match, which is interesting because he, he's normally hamming it up. And I hate yeah, it. Yeah, he didn't do his little cheek smile thing that he does, which I like. I think that's a cool taunt. He didn't do that till he hit like one big move on Darby in the middle of the match. That's when he finally gotten to his obnoxious thing after a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he looked when he comes out with scorpio sky and they're dancing he looked he's he's i was like oh my god nerdy white guy dancing to rap music is all i can see every yeah. time and it's really funny mm-hmm. it's like the guy with rhythm and the guy without rhythm yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the i guy have without... too many too many drinks at the club 
when I've or, gone out or with at a kid. or at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> And then Darby comes out, skateboard and all. He skates out to the ring. And then he just charges into the ring, slamming his back into the Ethan Page twice, then hitting a, a coffin, hitting it like a springboard coffin drop. And then he takes off his jacket and reveals the Bret Hart steel plate. Yeah, as I say, like pulling a page out of Bret Hart. Which is cool as hell. Love to mm-hmm. see that. And then... Then Darby went over to the coffin. I don't know why he went over right away, but it's fine. He went over to the coffin to open it up, and out popped Scorpio Sky. He pops Darby in his mouth. <laughs> uh, throws uh, throws Darby into the stairs. He goes flying over top of it, and this that brings... stair bump that Darby took there looked gnarly. He's really good at that because he does like a a handspring off of it, mm-hmm. so that he's not actually hitting his knee, but he looks like he's hitting his knee. Yeah, he doesn't. Pull a Mick Foley and actually destroy his knees on the stairs. Uh, he, he does it, and when he slams his hands down on it, it sounds like he's hitting it, but mm-hmm. really he's jumping over it. But it's really yeah. well done. Like he's yeah. uh, he's awesome at it. It'll, he really sells that well. And out comes Sting. He he takes on Sky. They're battling out into the crowd. Um, he he nuts Scorpio Sky on a barricade and then hits him with a trash can. It's the last last we see of them. That. When he nutted him, that did not look fun at all. That thing had no give or padding. That did not look fun. No. You can see Scorpio, he he tried to land more lopsided so he didn't catch anything, but that didn't look fun at all. He, something got pinched for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Paige is in the ring and he's hun- he's unhooking the bottom rope from one of the from one of the turnbuckles, exposing the big metal hook. Mm-hmm. And then Paige and Darby, they're now they're now battling out into the crowd, and it's cut to commercial break. And so this is this is what they do in the commercial break. They just battle up the stairs, up mm-hmm. and down the stairs. Darby goes for a dive. Brawl. He he goes for a dive off the off the balcony. Um, Paige catches him. He wraps him through the guardrail and steps on the un- underneath of his neck and just mm-hmm. bends him mm-hmm. like a. Like a stretch arm strong. <laughs> like a stretch arm. Yes, that's a perfect <laughs> description. Like just at the most grotesque angle. Mm-hmm. And it was just brutal. And then he picks up Darby, throws him off that level onto the ground, and then boots him back over the barricade, back to the ring. And <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just ragdolling him. They get back to the ring, and Paige picks up the hook. And he's staring at the hook, and he, there's a really funny meme online. I'll let you talk about that afterwards. Oh but yeah, the, <laughs> it, he he hooks the hook around the back of the chain that Darby wears around his neck that Darby's mm-hmm. been wearing for since day one in AEW. Then he yanks it from behind, ripping Darby to the ground, ripping the chain clean off his neck. So that, that chain's gone. Fun. It's obliterated now. Yeah, that um, did not look fun either. That looked like that it, hurt like a some bitch. It was brutal. I'm sure they set it up so that it would give way really easily. Yeah, I'm sure but... it was like a like a uh, dog or cat leash, those easy breakaway ones, so they don't choke mm-hmm. themselves. But it still looked gnarly. But I just love that he's been wearing it since day one. So mm-hmm. it it makes it seem like no, this is a real sturdy chain that he's been wearing mm-hmm. the whole time. And I think even Moxley swung him around by that chain at one point i think so (laughs) so like it's a they've shown it be sturdy at some point so i love that and Mm -hmm. then 
Darby's able to grab the hook. He hits a page in the head, I think busting him open with mm-hmm. that hook. And then he literally fish hooks um, yeah. page in the mouth with that hook, which you can do that in a safe way, but you could see he was putting pressure in the, and the, the hook was trying to like come out the other side of his cheek. Mm-hmm. So I was like, they're doing a good job there. They're really selling that. Look, that that look gnarly. I had to look away at that part. It's like, Whoa. Darby, Darby would then hit a stun dog millionaire, um, setting page up on the steel stage or on the steel stage, on the steel steps, which they brought into the ring. And he's got Ethan Page lying on the steps, and he goes to hit a coffin drop on the on the ring stairs. But Page counters it. He gets up, grabs Darby Allen, and hits him with a truly ghastly ego's edge yeah, directly onto the steps. And mm-hmm. if he had missed this in any way, Darby Allen's fucked. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Darby Allen would be crippled if yeah. he had if he had missed that in any way if he had hit the hit the corner wrong or hit any yeah. of the edges if he just overshot it by two inches Darby's lower back would or be undershot or just any way mm-hmm. like it is that because he throws him yeah <laughs> the ego's edge is he basically just throws him over his head and he just happened to land right in the middle um, mm-hmm. it would be like Shawn Michaels where Shawn Michaels and coincidentally in a casket match yeah he hit hit his back on the side of the casket and then basically retired Mm -hmm. um but yeah so then ethan then attempts to put darby in the coffin he's trying to roll he's trying to pick him i don't know just try to suplex him into the coffin i don't know but um darby he reaches back and he starts gouging at the eyes again like he did the week before and he goes up on the top rope, grabs his skateboard, and does a diving skateboard stomp, sending Paige into the coffin. He closes the coffin, gets the win, and then you texted me. You said, <laughs> wow, no coffin drop into the coffin. I'm shocked. Yeah, and, and then Darby basically says, hold my juice. Yeah, and two seconds later. goes up to the top rope <laughs> and does the coffin drop right through the... Uh, Again, right through the lid of that coffin. And once again, if he was off just a little bit, mm-hmm. he would have been impaled by the frame. Yeah, they had that. like, there's like Perfect. metal supports all mm-hmm. along the outside of that thing. It was a wooden structure. It wasn't like some plastic thing. Yeah. Like yeah. if he was uh, that, one of those things would have gone right through him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I shouldn't have texted you that because it was there's like a minute left when the match was over, so I didn't think. Oh, I was I was watching it live with you, mm-hmm. like it. I wasn't shocked. Like I sent your responses that oh really was sarcastic because he had yeah. just done it. Yeah, as soon as I was like, oh crap, and then you posted it on our Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, by the way, Work Ray Podcast. Uh, it made me laugh. It's <laughs> like man, it's like just... oh Darby says oh really oh yeah, I will I not just... be doing a coffin drop. Yeah, I should have just waited like. 30 seconds and then I would have saw it. Yeah. It's just a, just really a truly incredible way to end a historically great night in front mm-hmm. of an incredible crowd. And it ended up getting a, a popped a big rating. Mm-hmm. Like what a, what a way to send the fans home happy. And then apparently yeah. they had to watch uh, a W elevation afterwards or some more dark for oh, like man. another hour or however long they were there for. So you get, if you go to see a, uh, a W show, you get like five hours of wrestling. If you want, 
I mean, that's cool. That's a lot of wrestling to sit through, but that's cool. That, I don't know if a it's good, the same like, thing. I think maybe you see some elevation at the beginning and some elevation at the end. Because last I week's, guess. this past week's dark was from Jacksonville. So I don't know if maybe they have some people go to Jacksonville to film some dark. Maybe. That'd be smart because you don't want to film all that before your show because then the crowd would just be burnt out by the time you get to Dynamite. Well, yeah, that's happened. That mm-hmm. happened at Daly's place. That one um, was it the Saturday show or one of the Friday? One of the Friday. The Friday show. shows. The Friday show where, when Andrade debuted. Yeah, the crowd was tired because they were outside mm-hmm. and they were hot and they had already sat through either dark or elevation. Which apparently, I watched that dark or elevation, whatever it was, and the crowd was hot. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they got to the to the main show, they were they were tired. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next week's episode. So I'm looking at this. We got the IWGP United States title, Texas Deathmatch, John Moxley versus Lance Archer. That's going to be awesome. Um, John Moxley's winning. I hope Lance Archer wins, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I wonder if this will be an event. Probably. Yeah. Or the women could main event, but who knows? Yeah. Then we have. I think they'll Orange do Jericho Cat. first. Oh, well, sorry, I jumped ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Then we have Orange Cassidy versus the Blade. That's uh, kind of eh. eh. That's fine. I hope the Butcher comes back for this. That one. would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be very cool. I think it'll be a good match. But I, he's got his new shirt. This match could almost. This match could almost be on dark. Yeah, <laughs> like it's. I don't know. I would just put another women's match in there, to be honest. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Then Chris Jericho versus Sean Spears. Um, this is the Five Labors of Jericho, Chapter One. Sean oh, Spears. I did not know they added all these titles to the <laughs> Jericho stuff. It's, always adds like it's so ridiculous. Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> I saw online. I don't know how true this is, but he's trying to trademark God of War. I don't know if he knows <laughs> no, he... that there's a popular video game <laughs> or an, uh, like the actual like gods of war like from creek mythology but maybe he can do it for wrestling like just specifically for wrestling <laughs> that's that's very funny yeah um all right chris <laughs> that, that match will be good but eh. then we I, have i can see this one opening the show just for chris jericho coming out first yes and like opening or you could close it with it depending on if there's something crazy they have planned. I don't know. If, if they do something crazy, show with Sean. I don't know if you can close a show with Sean Spears. Yeah, we might get into the uh, bull rope match territory if we do that. No offense yeah. to anyone involved in any of those, but... Well, it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have the AW Women's Championship, Dr. Britt Baker versus Tyler Rose. This match is going to be great because yeah. their last match was great. Yeah, they work really well together. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so only four matches here, so we know there's going to be at least one more match added. Probably yeah. two. Um, yeah. For sure. So this next week's card does look weaker than this week's card, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't care. I, I don't know. The great. Texas death match and the women's title match is enough for me. Those two matches are yeah. great. This is the unfortunate thing with running back Nyla Rose against Britt Baker so many times, mm-hmm. is that we've seen Nyla Rose in this position too many times, 
I think that I'm not as hyped for it. And mm-hmm. the result is predictable, but the thing with uh, AEW is the result of most of their championship matches are predictable, aside mm-hmm. from some of their pay-per-views, because yeah. they're they're so story-based that you know where they're going. Yeah, and I would I'd rather that than fifty-fifty booking. Personally. Yeah, that's true. It's a double-edged sword. It's like you got to mm-hmm. take with the good with the bad when you when you get so uh, story-driven like this, where you where you know where they're going. But yeah, so this this looks cool. I'm uh, I'm excited for that. And I did want to mention that with uh with AEW Rampage coming, we will we won't be doing a separate podcast for that. Yeah. Um we can possibly talk about the um we can possibly talk about what on we can talk about on like this Thursday when we're recording it what happened the previous Friday if we want to. We don't have to. I'm probably yeah. If something big happens, yeah, we, cool. we we could talk about it. We'll we'll see how how that show ends up. But mm-hmm. what we'll likely do, I think, is that we'll we'll probably preview it similarly to how we're previewing next week's episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably like we can preview the card and talk about yeah. what we're hyped for about it, and not necessarily have to analyze the matches. And then yeah. on Friday, I can live tweet it. Yeah, that'd be good. And then, because yeah, I, so I don't generally don't, generally I don't live tweet. So, um, yeah, I need to get better at live tweeting. But I just get start watching the show and then I forget. Live to. tweeting's hard, <laughs> and they're weird yeah. about gifting things mm-hmm. with all yeah. these companies now. And uh, I know that's like, part of the fun is gifting. So yeah, I know. Like when I gift when we watched uh, Wrestle Kingdom this year, that was a lot of fun, and we got a lot of engagement from people. And then, but. Uh, New Japan's really cracked down on it, so which kind of sucks. yeah. New Japan has been well. The funny thing they haven't been like they've been just been blocking people, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Blocking yeah. people doesn't really do anything. Yeah, but it's it's strange. Yeah, it like just... they're not removing their uh, posts, but they're blocking them, which is funny. Well, maybe they're removing yeah. their posts too. I don't. I don't know. I just I think that's a good way to because there've been times when I've haven't watched the wrestling show and I see gifts. I'm like, oh, I need to check this out. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. Gifts are part of wrestling, mm-hmm. honestly, for sure. And and the companies themselves are gifting it too, so I don't really see the point. Yeah, I think that may be the reason why they want to make the gifts, but they yeah, don't always don't make know. the it's, coolest it's gifts. Like, so. <laughs> I can just I can just retweet and quote treat your gif, and then it's mine. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's odd. Um, yeah, so that's what I think I'll do. I'll, at the very least, I will. Uh, I'll try and uh, live tweet it a little bit, mm-hmm. like just just my reactions, and then uh, and then we can do some previews, and then if it is like super hype, we can uh, maybe cover it. But I don't know. Our podcasts go long enough. I think this is yeah. enough. This, <laughs> this is almost, almost two hours. hours so yeah. I don't really want to do one for uh, for Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. See you guys next week. See you. Peace. Bye.